morning, good evening, and welcome to a Gunnerstown podcast. Uh, I'm Gavin. Uh, this evening, I'm joined by two monumental gentlemen uh, in alphabetical order. Uh, is Mr. Dave Seeger? How are you, sir? I'm very well, as well as I ever am. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. In this scorching heat that we're actually having at the moment, I know you're probably suffering as much as me. No, you're far more fair-skinned than I am. <laughs> right, and we're going to go over the second gentleman joining me this evening. Uh, I would ask him about how the heat is going, but I, last time I did that, he said it's fine. Well, I've got a pool in my back garden. But anyway, good, ev- good evening, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, doing well, thanks, Gav. We've got air conditioning in the States, so probably doing better than, than the English over there, right? Oh, well, so so last time I was with you, you're, you're saying about jumping in the pool when, when we when we won the FA Cup. Yeah. You're saying you've got aircon. I mean, next yeah. you're gonna, the beer runs out your taps instead of water. Oh, man, you should live over here. You get yourself a swimming pool for about a tenner. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going off you, Mike. You used to be one of my favourites as well. <laughs> All right, we're going to start tonight, gentlemen. There was, uh, I don't read or subscribe to uh, various publications that hide behind paywalls and make you pay to read their comments and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm understanding that there was a a big article today with regards to Ozil saying his bits and pieces with regards to everything. Now, I don't really want to go into the, the contract side of things. Uh what I want to ask you, Mike, first of all, really, uh, as a state, he wants to stay and see his contract out. Is Arteta actually going to even play? Yeah, don't think so. No. Um, I mean, he didn't play one minute, wasn't in one squad, I don't think, after the restart. And um, that's a pretty definite sign. I do not think that that will happen. And... Um, I understand the, the Ozil situation. I understand why he wants to stick around. It's not his fault. He didn't decide to give himself that contract. So I get that. But he is starting to really bother me. Uh, this nonsense of um, poking the bear. You know, um, the club um, might have made a mistake, but he is constantly prodding the club and saying things just to annoy and frustrate the fan base. Um and I'm, I don't think that's helpful to him or to anybody. And I wish he'd stop doing it. Um, and um, the other piece that that um, annoys me, I suppose, is he keeps using, using the word love. And I know people just throw words around. But, you know, um, I love my club. I know what love is. I've got a family and children. And, and I've been supporting Arsenal for over 40 years. So I feel, feel like I know what that is. And if he really loved Arsenal, he would not be acting this way. Because if you love something, you do the right thing. And, you know, uh, he knows that the club is in financial difficulty. So if he loved Arsenal, like he said that he loves Arsenal, then he would leave because he knows he's not going to play. And it's not one of those situations where he can just get back out there and prove it to the coach. I think it's pretty definite for him now. And I think he knows that his time's done. But this so-called love is nonsense. Uh, and I wish you'd stop saying it because it's just frustrating people who are getting very, very bored of the situation. So I'll pass on to Dave now. <laughs> it's funny because I, 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 whilst I don't disagree with everything you're saying, I, I, I do disagree on one fundamental point. Um, I, I think what's happening here, um, regardless of what you think of Ozil and his contract, I think 
it's nothing to do with Arteta. I think the club have obviously laid down a marker and told Arteta that they don't want him to play because they want to try and force him out. They want Ozil to make a decision or at least push him into a corner such that he'll feel he has to make that decision. Um, that's not going to happen. Ozil's made that very clear. He's made it clear before and he's made it clear again today using Ornstein as his mouthpiece. If the club fail in their objective to get rid of him and come the start of the season, he's still here. I think they'll say to Arteta, it's up to you now. And I think with Arteta, he likes Ozil. He played him every game uh, after he took over uh, until lockdown. And I think he'll play him again. I don't think he'll start him very often, but I think he'll make use of him. If he's here, there is absolutely no sense with the lack of creativity in our squad not to use him. Not as a starter, but I think personally, if they don't force him out, I think he'll have a role to play next season. So I fundamentally disagree with Mike on that point. So do you, do you think, like I so say, I'll, I'll pass this back to you, Dave. I mean, I believe the transfer window is going to close sometime in October. Yes. So would you envisage that Arteta is not going to play until the transfer window is closed? Yeah, no, I think that'd be, well, <laughs> I guess there's going to be conversations. You know, what we've seen is a public conversation and Ozil and his people are very clever at that. And that's, as Mike correctly says, that, that is divisive. It does wind the fans up. Equally, there are 50% of the fan base who still love him and want him to play. So I don't think it's quite as black and white um, as that. But I think if if they can't lose him by the end of the transfer window, there is absolutely no sense in having a 350000 whatever it is, £300,000 a week asset, who is still better than a lot of our first-team squad not being used at all. You know, I can't see... I can't see the logic, you know, like, let's take the Aston Villa game, you know, which was a disaster. We couldn't break them down. They, 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 they were defending well. They were defending in a disciplined fashion. You know, if we're 20 minutes to go, there was no one on the Arsenal bench that was going to change that game. Now, I don't see the logic of having a Mesut Ozil in your squad and not using him in that situation. He was on the bench twice after lockdown. He didn't get, he didn't get a minute's football. But I think if he's here... He should be on the bench every game. That's my view. I don't like what he does. I don't think he's the style of footballer that Ozil... I mean, so that Arteta initially wants to play full-time. If he does want to play 4-3-3, Ozil doesn't fit. But equally, Arteta's demonstrated he's very fluid with formations and he'll change during the game. And, and if it needs someone who can unlock a defence with a killer pass, why not use him on the, off the bench? You know, that's my view. Yeah, no, fair one. Mike, just to uh, sort of go on from this... Uh, I saw a comment earlier, I can't remember who wrote it, that this is probably the subject that's divided the Arsenal fan base as much as Wenger was uh, in Wenger's last sort of 10 years of decline. Sorry. Uh, is that <laughs> of, uh, had to get that one in, Gav. Yeah, I, I had to stick that one in, yeah. Uh, as, like I say, as somebody that's sort of like, He's seeing this from afar, so to speak. I mean, I, I know at the moment, obviously, yeah, we're all on the same social media, etc. But yeah. from from the, the state side, he, what, what's the sort of impression of us all sort of your end? Because the majority of my my mates, and I presume Dave mates, can't wait to see the back of us all. Is it is it the same like that in America, or is, or is it sort of a, a bit split? It depends who you talk to. It, two different uh, categories there, Gav. You've got the people who uh, watch the Premier League and, you know, like football and know a little bit, which is the majority of people over here. You know, they still don't know a whole lot about the sport and they love him because, um, as you know, worldwide, he's very much loved. But um, 
they don't really know the ins and outs of what's really going on. And if they knew, they probably would be frustrated. And then you've got people that really follow the game like we do, who are more on the side of this is just getting very old here. So um, we just need to move on, um, you know, for next season. Uh, having him on the bench, I think, is an issue if Arteta's trying this accountability thing, which the other coaches hadn't done for many, many years. Having a guy on the bench when he's not up to the level that you've asked the rest of the squad to be up to. And then transfers, some, we're going to buy somebody to replace him. So I don't see how the guy fits because there's going to be a, a replacement for him, maybe a Coutinho or a Willian is more likely, I think, playing between the lines. And then there's going to be Smith Rowe, who'll probably be the option. So, I mean, for me, I just find a way to just end this torture of conversation. It's just he's a good player, was a good player, but his statistics and productivity just dropped off the map. Um, so mm. I'm past it. And most people over here are past it if they if they follow the sport closely. Yeah. So I mean, basically, what you're trying to say really is those that are educated know where where it's at, and those that aren't. Including me, when it sounds a bit. Yeah. Let's move on because I'll be honest with you, I'll probably. Can I, I, well, Gav, 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 just one more point. That, I mean, I, I've started writing, this has got nothing to do with those as a person. I started writing three years ago that we needed a different style of 10. You know, we, if we're going to play 4 2 3 1 in the modern game, you need a 10 that could not just pass well. You need a 10 that can dribble and can beat a man and, can, and break the lines, a la Santi's first season. I've been saying that for years. You know, whether it's Grealish, you know, it, it, when I, I think I wrote, first wrote a blog about three years ago, I was saying Isco was the player that we should be after. So I've always wanted a different style of 10. I'm not wanting Ozil in the team. I'm just being sort of logical that if he is still here, it's crazy not to use his talent. That's all I'm saying. It's not. Uh, mm. I'd like to say, I mean, I think it would be very, very nice if we had a 26-year-old Dennis Bergkamp right now. That, that's that's all I think of because, OK, it took him a while to fit in and, you know, it probably took him 10 games and Keown kicking the shit out of him in training before he sort of manned up a little bit. But Bergkamp and the way that Wenger originally played it, uh, he was almost like an eight going into a 10 some games. So we that I think that's what we're missing. And I know Mike, look, me and you have spoke about this before on, on other podcasts. Look, we, we, we don't need a ten or we don't need an eight. We kind of need like an eight ten hybrid. Mm. Uh, I know we're going off the track of what we were sort of like be planning to Well not talk really, because Willian uh, Willian, as I agree with Mike, we're probably leading into it actually. Because <laughs> I agree with <laughs> could be that man. Right, so I mean, we'll we go on to what we had planned next, which is uh, obviously we're all sitting on tender hooks waiting for a Bangian and William to be announced. Uh, all the smart money is, is both of them are going to be done. Uh, so I mean, Dave, have, have you any sort of ideas on, on when, when we're going to get some good news or is the club almost delaying it because of the, you know, the redundancy bad news that they had to put out last week. Well, it would have made more sense to put it out quicker if that was the reason, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think both of them are sorted. I mean, I was always of the view, I've never, ever thought that Aubameyang was going to leave next season. I think even if he hadn't signed a contract, he would still be playing for Arsenal next season. I've never changed in that view. So I think he will now extend. Um, and I think that announcement um, will be soon. Don't know when. Um, Willian, 
yeah, again, I think it's done. And I think what's interesting, uh, is, is, <laughs> that's divided the fan base as well, because you get that, why on earth are we signing a 32-year-old and all this stuff? But I, you know, that they, these are the same fans that want a 32-year-old striker to extend for the next three years. So there's no logic in there. You're good enough <laughs> and, you're, and, and you're fit enough. And, and William, and certainly, you know, without a shadow of doubt, is that. The question is more is, where does he fit into Arteta's plans? And I... Uh, Mike knows this because I've done it on, on Gunnerstown and I've said it before. I, I've got a feeling that I've always thought he wants to play 4-3-3. And I don't think Willian's coming in to replace Pepe or Saka or, or Martinelli on the flank. I think he's coming in to be the third central midfield player where Saka was utilised you know, now and again. Because I think if you're going to play 4-3-3, to get the left-right middle thing, I just think you've got to have one, one central midfielder who's predominantly physical and defensive, a la parte. You know, he's obviously looking for. You can have one who's more of a playmaker, and I think that's Sabias or Shaka. And I think you've got one who's going to link to the to the attack. Uh, you know, whether by passing, by beating a man, by dribbling. And I think that could be Willian. I mean, you know, it could be Grealish, it could be Madison, but I think in in his mind that could well be Willian. And then the likes of Saka and Smith Rowe can learn from him and and gain experience of playing with him. You know, and watching him. That's my view. Yeah, Mike, uh, to, to go on from what Dave said, uh, if the Willian deal has been tied up or, or is very, very shortly to be tied up or announced or, or whatever way you want to look at it, if Arteta is selling that position to Willian, is that going to sort of tick, tick his boxes as the player? If Arteta is saying, look, yeah, we want you as that 8, 10, 10 central sort of role, is, is that how Arteta has actually sold the club to him? Well, I think so, just by what I'm reading from people who know more than than I do, uh, that he's always wanted to play there, is my understanding, whether that's true or not. But uh, I'd imagine a guy with his skill set would be, uh, anybody would want to play more centrally, you get more touches and more opportunity, it is crowded. But um, I think that's a, a huge sell for him, and I think it's a wonderful signing. Um, you know, everybody wants Thomas Party and spending 45, 50 million on him. Well, we can't go get Jack Grealish. And I'm in the same boat as Dave. I'm a huge Jack Grealish fan. I would love Jack Grealish in front of William. But we can't get Jack Grealish and Thomas Partey. So to get somebody of the to get somebody of the um, elite technical level who's a one stuff, he's got a connection with the other Brazilians in the squad. He can help Martinelli. He's a ball progressor. He's a penetrative player. His statistics... Last season, I think we're number one at Chelsea for balls into the box and chances created. For all these things that he brings, forget the age for a minute, that guy for, for a free transfer, uh, Premier League ready, is a very intelligent signing and allows us to buy Thomas Party. Or maybe you find a defensive midfielder who's free. Maybe there isn't one of that level and you buy Jack Grealish, which I think Dave and I would both like. But you have to be real with this thing. So I'm very excited. Plus, last point I would make is that the guy's a hybrid player. And we've got a hybrid coach. And the guy can play four positions. He can play all the way across the front line. And, and I believe he can play attack and midfield. Or, as Dave says, uh, uh, the eight, um, the box-to-box eight in a 4-3-3. So maybe that's even five positions. Uh, well, four without the centre forward, sorry. But, yeah, I'm loving it. It's, a, it's an intelligent thing to do. Uh, I will also... Yeah. Add to that, Gav, I'm sorry. I'd also add to that that the people that are talking about ages, I think maybe there's a point that maybe folks are missing is that with the way that football is these days with fitness levels and uh, how the players look after themselves compared to how they've done it previous years, maybe maybe a 32-year-old is 
more like a 29-year-old, let's say, from a few years back as far as their body is yeah. concerned, because these players are treating themselves uh, better than they ever have. So they're lasting longer. Hence why Santi Cazorla's 35 and just had some of the best statistics in Europe last year. You know, that's an example. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Hey, I agree. To, uh, I'm going to chuck another sort of like slight slant on this, Dave. Uh, if we do, if Willian does sign, which obviously we're all expecting, where does that put Willock and uh, Smith Rowe? I mean, Smith Rowe got rave, rave, rave reports at Huddersfield. Huddersfield fans absolutely loved and adored him. Uh, where does that put them to? I mean, is it going to be a case of one of them is going to get a loan and one of them is going to be the understudy? I mean, where do you see it's an, that it's dynamic? It's a, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because... <laughs> You can argue for either because Willock's played more games for Arsenal than any other player this season. Amazing. Yeah. Um, not 90 minutes, but he's featured in more games. So, And that's three different managers that have trusted him um, or three different coaches. And and yet, by the same token, as you say, Smith Bro, obviously prodigious talent. And Arteta has only recently talked up, you know, his his desire and, and, and how much he's looking forward to working with Smith Bro. Um, my personal view, if it was me, is... Um, I can see Joe Willock, but I don't see Joe Willock as a long-term Arsenal player. I think Smith Rowe has an extra level over Willock. And I think the other thing is he's more akin to Willian uh, in attributes. So for someone to learn from and be an understudy to, I think, you know, we are not a Man City or a Man United where we can have three or four players in every position. We're not that. But we can have two good players in every position and we're in enough competitions to have that. So, you know, I would like, if I was Artesh, and I'm sure he would feel the same, is he's going to want two players that can play every single position and challenge each other. And that's why I think these stories about Maitland-Niles being available are, are happening, not because he wants Maitland-Niles out the door. I don't think he does. But the club are saying, look... We've got Suarez, we've got Bellerin, we've got Maitland-Niles. And if, if we view Maitland-Niles as right-back, we can't justify, in our current budgetary constraint situation, three right-backs. So I think, in by the same token, I think if Willian does arrive, I think Smith-Rowe will stay, and I think Willock will be sold or go on loan, or should be sold or go on loan. That's my view. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I say, I mean, the same really to you, Mike. I mean, like I say, I'm, you've, you've probably seen about as much as Smith-Rowe as I have, but... The times that I've seen him uh, before his previous injury, he looked possibly one of the brightest prospects out of all of them. I mean, obviously, Saka's overtaken him with that. Uh, is there any other the youth players that you feel are likely to uh, to be, you know, to either get the loan, uh, even if it's a loan fee sort of thing? Is there anybody else you think the club might be cashing in on this summer? I wonder about Reese Nelson. Um, because there's been this mm. constant talk of a winger. Um, so I wonder if they're going to have patience with Reese Nelson. The guy's got such a huge ceiling, but he's, he's, a, he's a very submissive player. He doesn't show his personality on the field. So I wonder about him. I do agree I'll with tell, Dave. Arteta loves him, though. Arteta loves him, Reese Nelson. He, he absolutely right, loves him. Yeah, I think, I think so, but he... And he trusted him in some big games, but other games, you know, other periods, Gav, he, he went missing for three or four games, wasn't in the squad or didn't even see the field mm. at all. So I feel like he needs to be fully trusted because I think he seems to be a little soft mentally, if you ask my honest opinion on Reese Nelson, because um, I don't feel like, compared to Saka and Willock, who go out there and show their personality, hence their minutes. 
Reese Nelson doesn't. He um, he's too submissive and gives the ball to somebody else when he could take on the man. And he's uh, technically as gifted as somebody like Saka, maybe even more so, but doesn't doesn't show it. Um, Willock, I think, is born to play four three three as a third man running midfielder, but we don't play that yet. So if we do play that, I think maybe that'll that'll help him. And I think Smith Rowe is similar. But Smith Rowe, I think, is better in the final third. Willock and Smith Rowe both carry the ball well, but Willock, I don't know what Dave thinks, but Willock looks a little lost after he's carried it for 15 yards as to what to do with it. Where Smith Rowe looks like he could create something or score. Uh, I think Willock's somebody you'd want as Ramsey in the box to finish off, but there's a there's a disconnect with Joe Willock as to what to do next. Um, yeah, that's why I think Smith Rowe is the logical understudy to learn from Willian ahead of Willock. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd me. agree. I'd agree. And I also, I wrote, I, wrote, I wrote recently, and I, I mean, I know it upset our colleague uh, was because he, he's a, he's a, he loves Reese Nelson, and I agree with you, Mike. He's got prodigious talent, but I just think we are a situation. Fans have to realise we're going to have to make some tough decisions. And I said in that, I said I'd use three examples. I said, you know, you sell just looking at transfer market, you sell Reese Nelson, Rob Holding, and Lucas Torreira. You buy Thomas Partey. It's that simple. It's forty-five million pounds worth of sales. And they're all people that no one necessarily wants to go. But if you if you say Rob Holding, maybe fourth or fifth choice centre-back next season. Reese Nelson, probably third choice in his position. And Lucas Torreira, obviously, if party, you know, we he wants that physicality that Lucas Torreira is not giving him. So, you know, all three popular players, all three in and around the first-team squad now. But are they going to be pushing for a first team berth next season I would argue not and I think that's the that's the state of our club we have to make some tough decisions and some players that we don't want to see particularly our homegrown will go yeah I mean I'll be yeah, like, I mean, first... yeah. sorry I was just going to add something just super quickly Gav on, on Joe Willock I think regardless of what we think might or should happen I've got a feeling he'll stay because he was trusted so often but more to the point I think he's going to be um, the versatile hybrid super sub. You know how he played on the right at the back end of the season when we needed some legs on the right just to run. He played as the pressing agent, as the 10. And so he's played a little bit of everywhere, but I think his versatility and running power, sort of his modern way of playing uh, with this pressing and running, I think he's going to be very interesting from the bench. So I'd, you know, I'd be totally cool with him being kept uh, to help last 10, 15 minutes to run and press so we can keep up that intensity because he does have that. I think Arteta might actually do that if I was to guess. Yeah, it, like I say, I mean, I, you know, I'm not qualified to uh, to criticise or to comment on, on either of what you two boys have said. And I pretty much agreed with most of what you said anyway. Uh, I mean, I think this summer is going to be a very, very odd transfer window all round. I think we might see a lot Most of players. Most summer coming. for a start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, we can almost call it the autumn transfer window, <laughs> can't we? Uh, but like, I think there's going to be some odd ones, and I think look, some of our younger players, if they're, if we can get their wages off the books and get like a, a million or half a million quid loan fee at the same time, I think there's going to be a lot of strange deals going on. I think there might be a a little bit of to and fro in between the same clubs, just literally swapping players as well. Mm. Uh, which leads me on to the last, uh, the last thing that we wanted to bring up uh, this evening was the the keeper situation. Now, I mean, I've I've been saying to my mates for the last 
three or four months that literally everybody from Arsenal is up for sale at the moment. And one of the prime people and one of the players that we could probably get the most return from is going to be Leno. Uh, with Martinez obviously coming in and doing absolutely blinding. And I'll chuck this over to you first, Mike. Uh, is there a you know, if, if the money's there for either Leno or Martinez, are we are, are we going to get are we, we going to take the money so we can sort of like improve it, maybe Partey or whatever in the middle? I think we might be forced into it, like Dave said earlier, whether we want to or not. I think there's going to be at least one big name player that gets moved out um, because we need that to happen. It's unfortunate. I mean, I think every one of us would agree we'd love to keep both of them, but uh, Martinez has already come poking and he said um, he's not interested in being second choice, and I would imagine Bern Leno feels exactly the same way. So I think, it, you know, if money is what the club needs, then you have no choice. Bern Leno's going to bring double, but I would imagine, what Emmy Martinez um, would, uh, even though Martinez has been fabulous. For me, I would actually lean towards keeping Emmy Martinez. I love the romance, the fact he's been at the club so long, that he performed at that such, such a high level so quickly. And I think he's better in the uh, better with his feet, and I think he's better commanding his box. And I think it's so close in the other area. So I I don't want to sell Burnley, but if we had to. Um, uh, I think, you know, Manchester United and Chelsea, I think we need to watch out there because their two goalkeepers have grossly underperformed. I wonder if Leno or Martinez might end up going there. Um, so, uh, interesting situation. I'll let Dave uh, go on that one. Well, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, it's weird, isn't it? Because you, let's take a Aubameyang out of the equation. We're talking about our best two players of last season. You know, we yep. are literally talking about our best two players. 30 games, Leno was our best player, barring Aubameyang, and eight games, Martinez was our best player, barring Aubameyang. Which I, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can think of any other club where, where that would even be vaguely similar to that situation. You know, um, And Martinez, the key thing, is, I think, is that he's definitely better with his feet. Um, and that would yeah. be an interesting factor for Arteta. Whether Arteta knew that before he had to throw him in, I don't think any of us did. Um, I'm sure that you know he sees him more in training, but you know, Martinez has been a revelation because he's certainly you know with with the odd Euro Europa League game or the odd FA Cup game, you know you could see he could make the good save here and there. But you never saw that presence that we saw from the first second he came on against Brighton. I mean, I don't know what happened. Incredible situation. Um, but I haven't seen anything in the press linking anyone to either player yet, so it's going to be interesting. There are certainly players available. With keepers, it's not like, I mean, we can pick up a 33, 34-year-old keeper as an understudy who will be very, very good. Um, so it's not, you know, there. Are, it's not the most difficult cover situation to fill. It's not like, you know, a, an outfield player it, it, it's, to it's, agree. It's, it's going to be, like I say, if there's going to be, a, if I don't personally think we're going to keep both of them. And I think the minute we get a decent-sized offer for either of them, then it's going to be taken seriously. Because they're, they're both, I think they're both top class keepers. And I mean, Martinez, when he came in, I mean, Jesus, I mean, he, he showed the most gigantic pair of balls, for one to put it as basically as you like. He came in with the with so much confidence that he shouldn't have had. And like I say, and, and as what Mike and yourself has been saying, Dave, fantastic with his feet. 
quicker distribution than Leno. Uh, from I remember when more accurate. Uh, yeah, more accurate. A conversation that me and Mike had a couple of weeks ago with regards to the director. I can't say the word. He's not hoofing the ball up in the air. He's the the tra- trajectory Traject- of the ball. Tra- yeah. Trajectory. Yeah. He's. I know. I do apologise. Right. But he's lower, so the ball's going out faster and getting to the right places. So it, it's. I mean, basically, I mean, I, you could flip a coin between the two of them. Uh, but like I say again, back to you, Mike. It's. It's a money decision, this. If either one of them goes, it's purely a money decision, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a money decision. And um, that one, I think, will probably go late in the window because the window goes uh, beyond the start of the season, doesn't it? So I'm sure both of them are going to wait and see who's first choice and and then maybe give it a couple of games to see if that guy makes a mess of it and the other guy steps in. But I'd imagine that one of them, if they're going to go, will go at the back end of September, beginning of October. Uh, I have a question for you both because I don't know the answer. How much did Bernd Leno cost us? Because I don't remember. I think it's about £29 million. Yeah. OK, because I would imagine if uh, if coronavirus wasn't around, you're looking at somebody who's probably a £50 million goalkeeper um, based on his improvement. And, you know, he's one of the probably in the top 10 goalkeepers in world football right now, Bernd Leno, I would imagine, is close to it. So... I'm wondering how. Just wondering how much you would you would get for a, a player like that because we would certainly get more than that 29. So you'd think you'd get at least 35, 40, and even in the current climate, what, what does Dave think? Yeah, no, I agree. And I'll tell you what, I've got to test your knowledge here, Mike. I'm gonna. It's a little little quiz for you. Um, if I told you that there's a goalkeeper on a free transfer, he's 35. Um, he's played Champions League football pretty much every year for the last nine years, and he played in the last World Cup final, and he's free. Who am I talking about? Oh, when you started, I was thinking Claudio Bravo, but they he didn't play in the last World Cup final, so um, it's the um, Croatian goalkeeper then, isn't it? Daniel Zubisic, thirty-five, yeah. just finished wow. his nine-year stint at Monaco. He's free. He's thirty-five years old, and he played. He only stopped playing for Croatia after that World Cup final. Wow. As an understudy. Yeah, oh, yeah. The one that right. I think. Um, sorry, I was just going to say the one that I think that uh, the only goalkeeper I've seen last linked to in the press, and Dave's right. Leno Martinez haven't been linked out, but there has been one linked in. Is the Brentford goalkeeper, and I know nothing about him, but apparently I know Dave follows Brentford and Ollie Watkins and, and the situation over there, so maybe he knows about that. Well, it's because our goalkeeping coach came from Brentford, and he brought him down to Brentford uh, before he left. So there's a link between our goalkeeping coach and the keeper you're talking about, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, gents, we're we've just gone over the uh, the half an hour mark, and you know Chris gets the ump if we go too much over thirty minutes. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to wind it up with a couple of yes or no's about tonight's subjects. Right. So we'll start with Ozil. Is Ozil going to stay next season? Are we going to be landed with him for the whole of next season? Yes or no? Uh, I think that the club will find a way... Yes or no? Yes or no? Want. Yes or no answers, Mike? We're going to do yes or no Sorry. answers? Are we going to be uh, landed with him for the rest of next season? Sorry. And uh, no, he's gone. Dave? I think yes. Right. Unless we buy out his contract. That's the only way he's not going to be. Yeah. Right. Is Uber going to sign? An, 
Is a Bang Yang going to sign a new contract, Dave? Yes, 100%. Mike? Yes, I think it's, he's already done it. It hasn't been announced. Right. Same question for Willian, Dave? Yeah, I think that's a done deal already, definitely. Mike? Yeah, yeah same as Dave, yeah. Right, OK, and the final question. Uh, some anonymous club which is being funded by oil money somewhere or another comes to us and says we're giving give you forty million for either one of your keepers. Who are you selling, Mike? Leno. Dave. Yeah, Leno, but not to another Premier League side. Right, gentlemen, it's been absolutely fabulous. I think it's been a brilliant chat tonight. This has been a Gunners Town podcast. Uh up the Arsenal. Good night. Good night.